Hey folks, you're listening to Hotel Vicarious, a podcast hosted by two friends who watch a lot of television and love to talk about it. Right now, we're covering Ted Lasso, and this week we're discussing Beard After Hours. We're back. Hey, Jenny. Hi, Daria. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I am alive and well. (laughs) (laughs) It's like when you email someone and you're like, I hope this email finds you well. And you're sitting there like, oh, it found me. I don't know if I'm well, but it got here. We're good. It gives you a whole new appreciation for, like, old letters that you find or that you that you read. Like, I know Jane Austen, like, when she would write to her sister Cassandra, she would always, like, write these... I think her name was Cassandra. She she would always write, you know, like, about, about how their health was and, like, how terrible the roads are. And I was just like, why such a boring letter? And it's like, now, like, so many months into the pandemic, you're like, because there's nothing else to talk about. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> It's true. It's true. <laughs> Though I will say, like, being home the last 18 months and then traveling for a week somewhere else and, like, being in a new environment, yeah. that was almost more exhausting than, like, the time difference and the jet lag. It was, like, just being <laughs> in public. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially because, you, you know, you haven't been anywhere for so long, really. Like, not... Not like this. Ugh. But it was great. Yeah. Like, highly recommend once in your life looking at a redwood tree. Because they're so fucking big. Yeah. I've never felt smaller and more insignificant in my entire life. Yeah. But it was beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to definitely go there one time and just check it out. Ugh. No, it was... It was nice because you could like genuinely just wander into the forest and walk among the trees and you kind of feel like you're in the Lord of the Rings. I was you know? Middle Earth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My husband kept going like, oh, we're like in the Ents Forest right now. Like they're going to just come and scoop us up any minute. Yeah, that's awesome. It's like second breakfast. Yeah. Well, we did eat a lot while we were there too, so maybe we were in full Hobbit mode. Did you have anything amazing that you were just like? Well, our hotel in Arcata was really close to this bakery that had the best croissants, and I had a mm. croissant every morning that I was there, Yum. which was amazing. And then we just had a lot of good Mexican because we were in California, and we had a lot of good seafood, and oh, yes. we, we went a little buck wild on the food. Like, we just were like, yeah, let's order this, and let's order that, and let's have a drink, and let's do this. And I, like, thank God we hiked a lot, because I probably could have, like, really came back (laughs) in those sweatpants. (laughs) I mean, look, it's not like you're going to be going on vacation again anytime soon, so live it up. Hell yeah, we're not going anywhere for a really long time now, because we balled out. (laughs) Yeah, right, exactly. Um... (sighs) Yeah, no, cause, you know, because, like, my trip to Seattle is in, like, a month tomorrow, so we've just been, like, making lists of places we want to visit, 
and yes. like very slowly realize that every single place involves food. <laughs> That's what it is when you travel. You're like, God, where can I get the best fucking meal? And then you find like 15 places. And you're like, well, okay, we have to go to all of them. Right. And like, because there's like five, five of us, it's like, we all want to go to different things. So we all like one person really wants to eat, try this. One person really wants to do this. Like a couple of us want to do that. So it's going to be like, I don't know. All we're going to do is eat, basically. We're not actually going to go and sightsee at all, which is really the whole point. The whole point of the trip is to go see each other, not to... Yeah, it doesn't really matter where you are. Exactly, it doesn't. That kind of girl's trip where it's like the best time is going to be over like a really good meal and a really good glass of wine. Oh, yeah. I'm very much looking forward to it. So much happened while you were on vacation. I know, I know, and I'm... I completely in my like just total exhaustion forgot about the emmys on sunday (laughs) until they were already happening yeah yeah (laughs) but i tried to catch up as good as you know as best as i could there were some really good wins there were some very good wins we are of course very excited for hannah waddingham and brett goldstein and Jason Sudeikis and the whole damn show yes of Ted Lasso so super thrilled super happy not surprised though because the show as we all know is amazing yeah I mean it's it's been like a cultural reset for comedy and like people are eating it up so I kind of knew it was sweet yeah and so I'm just very glad that we did that we we got to see that not to say that there's not problems with the Emmys, because there definitely is. <laughs> uh, so many problems with the Emmys. How did Michael K. Williams not win for Lovecraft Country? I don't understand it. And, like, no shade to Tobias Menzies, but, like, Jesus Christ, come on. You know what? Look, I have... I, I like Tobias Menzies. I think he's an excellent actor. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know what, Frank Randall? Pfft, get out of here. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can't help it. That role has ruined you forever for me. You know? So, like, yeah, I am a little bit annoyed that Michael K. Williams did not win. And, yeah, there was, there was, I think, despite the fact that I really wanted Hannah and Brett and Jason and the show to win... I think there were a lot of other categories where the choices were boring. Oh, yeah. And predictable. Yeah. In not a good way. Yeah. And, like, sure, I'm definitely biased because I really did want this show, like, Ted Lasso and the cast to win. Um, I'll admit that. But, like, at the same time, like, ugh. Like, can we just stop giving awards to The Crown and to Hamilton the musical? Okay, I have, sh- I've, I'm livid that Hamilton gets to win anything because it's yeah. a fucking musical recording. You won your Tonys. That's it. That's all you get. <laughs> the fact that you've been nominated for Emmys and Golden Globes for the same bullshit recording on Disney Plus, I'm sorry. That makes no sense to me. I hate it. I hate it. No, I agree. I really, really, really wanted Bo mm-hmm. to win. He was robbed. Totally. Like, say what you will about Bo Burnham, but, like, he did it. Like, he, that was masterful, and he was completely, completely robbed. Anyone who has something to say about Bo Burnham does not understand Bo Burnham. <laughs> 
So, and does not understand the kind of comedy he has been doing for almost a decade, if not longer. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, yeah, there was a couple of things that I was just like, oh, the crown won again. <laughs> I know. And like, and, and listen, I, I enjoy the like sad, twisted little lives of the royals too. But like, the only person who deserved to win did not. Emma Corrin was the only one who deserved to win last for that season. And she did not. I agree. So. I know. Dumb. Yeah. I agree. But on a much more superficial note, but yet highly important, how amazing did Phil Dunster and Brett Goldstein look in their black on black? I love that after we spent like a good solid five minutes talking about (laughs) Sam in his turtleneck suit in last week's episode. Yeah. Phil showed up in the like most beautifully tailored suit turtleneck combo. I just he was listening, maybe? Like Is this what it feels like to be an influencer? (laughs) (laughs) And like That's a joke, guys. We know we're not influencers, okay? That's a joke. Don't email us. (laughs) And Brett Goldstein in that black on black suit. I mean Black on black on with a black bow tie. I know. Who gave him the right to look that handsome? Also, I love that he swore in his acceptance speech. It was beautiful. Yeah, fuck off, Emmys. Like (laughs) it was like so like nothing. It was like not even like bad anyway. It was perfect. It was so good. Speaking of speeches. Yes. Talk to me. I have thoughts. I've been thinking about Michaela Cole's acceptance speech all week. I mean, just, I I mean, first of all, May I Destroy You was one of the most gut-wrenching, beautiful, horrific shows I've ever seen. Absolutely. So deserved. Honestly, she should have swept too, but, you know, neither here nor there. But I just... I loved everything that she had to say. I loved this idea about, you know, you don't have to be so visible. You can sort of live in the silence of it. You can find things out in that sense. Maybe you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. And I just love how unapologetic she is in in terms of, like, calling out, you know, survivors of sexual assault and, like, dedicating her award to them. I mean, just completely, like, I love her and I'm so happy for her and... I know she she is a wonderful human being. Yes. Who should get all of the awards for not only writing but acting as well. Yes. Yeah, I mean that's one of the things I think was really frustrating is like the show was beautifully written, but it was also beautifully performed and like they go hand in hand. So for her to win one and lose another is just stupid. Yes, I fully agree. Yeah, there was I'm trying to think if there was any other, like, moments from the Emmys that I saw on Twitter or anything that really sort of jump out at me, but I don't really... There's one thing, and I can't remember his name, and I'm actually happy to, like, never actually learn his name, but the guy who won for uh, Queen's Gambit, and the fact that he, like, refused to walk off stage... gave that like um, miserable two-minute speech like who do you think you are who do you think you are yeah so someone on twitter posted a screen caps of what the screen looks like when they want you to get off stage and it goes 
please stop. And then in, in red with white font, it says, please stop. And then the second one is stop. <laughs> now, I don't know if that's like, I, it looks like a screenshot. I'm assuming it wasn't doctored. I can't say for sure that it is or not, but like, I feel like that was the entire audience and like everyone watching was just like, why? What? Turn up the music. Go to commercial. Do anything. Just. <sighs> and it, it like ruins it for the rest of the performers to give their own speeches. Like, I get it. The 30 seconds to talk is not a lot of time. Being played off sucks. But it's a short telecast. And you've got a lot of people who have a lot of things to say. So, like, just be respectful of the other performers who now don't get to say anything because you said a whole lot of nothing for two minutes long. Like, the chess show wasn't that good. We can all move on now. But also, like, leave it to the guy who made a show about chess to be the most boring speech in the whole goddamn show. <laughs> like... <laughs> I enjoyed the show. It, it was... Yeah. It was good. It was fine. It was, you know, I, I, I liked it. But, like, also, like, some of the things he said were real... I don't know. There was a hot take that did not need to be taken. <laughs> I will leave it at that. I mean, listen, if that show didn't have Anya Taylor-Joy, it would not have done as well as it did. So to see that poor girl sitting in the audience. <laughs> it's like watching your dad give a speech and being like, please murder me. Yeah. Oi, so that was the only thing. Yeah. I mean, not the only thing. I always have lots of opinions on these things, but like... <laughs> Yes. So, speaking of opinions, (laughs) I guess we have to talk about the episode that happened. The episode that happened. That should be the new episode title. (sighs) It happened. I don't even know what the title of the episode was, to be honest. I'm going to look it up now, because we are super professional. (laughs) Oh, it's called Beard After Hours. Ah, Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, I guess, you know, to a brief summary, we could say that after the utter failure of the semifinals, Beard needs to, like, walk it off. And it starts out innocently enough. He's just walking home. He's on the underground. It's like a very kind of chaotic thing but then he goes home to his apartment shuts the door we think it's just gonna be that's it and then jane our favorite (laughs) non-character who creates so much havoc from off screen prompts this like completely utterly meandering insane night for beard that like I don't know, accomplishes very little in the grand scheme of the narrative and just makes me really sad for Beard. So that's the summary. (laughs) Yeah. That's basically what went down. Yeah, it was... Look, this season, more than season one, has been a real roller coaster of a season. We have for sure gotten some of the very best episodes of this series. And we've gotten some that, like, don't narratively make a ton of sense. I don't want to say bad episodes because, look, Brendan Hunt is a phenomenal actor. Absolutely. He, he's really great at what he does. 
Um, he plays Coach Beard very well. And there were some moments in this episode when he he really shined. The you know the part where they're in the pool, where they're playing pool. I really loved that part. Yeah, I thought that was very funny. And I always kept waiting for him to get caught in his lie, and he just didn't. And it just played so well. And I really liked that. I really enjoyed that part. But I just found that so late in the season, I just. At this point, I just don't really want to care about that. I, 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 and I, maybe that's a, I'm, I'm badly wording it, but it's just like, I feel like there's so many stakes right now, like in play. There's so many like things that we're just like on the edge of our seats for that then having an entire like episode that's just kind of like, whoop brick wall we're going to talk about something totally different. It's hard, especially when you're watching it week by week yeah I think if we were watching it all in one go and we watched the final the semi-final episode and we watched this episode and we watched the episode coming which is the funeral episode I think it probably would have been not so jarring jarring yeah jarring is a good word I think because it really felt sort of like out of nowhere again kind of like the Christmas episode yeah where which I think probably again wouldn't have been quite so um like it it wouldn't have been quite so just feeling out of place um if you were just watching kind of like watching them one after another um like you do with, with things on Netflix or whatever I think I mean I think that's I mean, that's pretty much how I feel is like, we've been, we've been watching a lot of things get to their like climax. And then we got kind of stuck with this episode that really doesn't do much. And, and if it did a lot for Beard, I would maybe walk that back a little bit, but it doesn't even give him any sort of like growth whatsoever. He just sort of ends back in that same spot, that, like, same toxic thing he's got with Jane. So it's like, we just watched 30 minutes of this man going up and down, up and down, up and down, and then landing in the exact same spot he started in. Yeah, like, I guess, I mean, I can see that, yeah, he goes to that club at the end, and he's, like, you know, kind of seems like he's just, like, letting loose, letting it all out, being his weird-ass self in those glitter pants, and, like... You know, um, like, just having a good time and, like, so, like, I, I understand that and, like, maybe, maybe we're reading too much into it. I don't know. I just felt like I saw on Reddit that someone had, like, typed out all of Jane's, like, messages to him and, like, they're real intense they're a lot and it's like a real roller coaster of like where are you to i wish you were dead to oh you better not be dead because i don't want to feel bad like it was like really a lot (laughs) yeah i i and like obviously we've talked a lot about the jane and beard relationship and like we are very much not fans of jane but the show it's sort of weird that we still have to deal with her (laughs) even though the show has made it explicitly clear how bad she is for beard like there is nothing redeemable about her to me at least like I see nothing redeemable about this woman and I just don't know why I still have to deal with her it's very annoying yeah I'm just like very tired of like the manic pixie dream girl trope in Mm -hmm. media (laughs) 
So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you for the most part. I mean, then there's definitely been, like, a lot of discourse on Twitter over this. There seems to be very much two camps of one one group of people who really loved this episode and one group of people who, like, really hated it or just, like, were very bored with it. Yeah, and I kind of think I'm in the middle, I guess, because there were definitely parts that I thought were really interesting and really funny, but it also was just, like, ugh, I don't know. So, yeah, like, I mean... I really loved the whole, anytime we saw those, the three dudes from the bar, Baz, Jeremy, and Paul, I really loved those moments. Like, it's really funny. Like, they were great. I loved the whole, their interaction with Beard. I loved at the very end when they got to run around on the field, playing football. Like, that was for sure the highlight, my favorite, like, part of that show, or of that episode. I'm going to just say it. I really just don't need one more character on this show to, like, be a fucking mess. <laughs> like. I know. I really liked the idea of Beard being, like, kind of the one that had his shit together. <laughs> kind of, like, the guy. And, like, I mean, and as I'm saying this, I'm, like, thinking in my head, well, Jenny, you should have known. Like, we know this is coming. We've seen yeah. his sort of, like, interactions with Jane. We've seen, like, we know we knew this was coming. So, like, in some ways, like, I shouldn't be surprised that he's just another sad man who needs therapy. But, um, <laughs> and, like, look, I fully support that. And you should definitely go see Dr. Sharon. Yes. But I just, in the first season and in some of season two I did find that like Beard is sort of like he's almost like a little bit more worldly than Ted he's right. he, he seems like almost more overtly well read because I do believe that Ted does read a lot of books and knows a lot of things but he just seems a little bit more overtly well read he seems like he kind of seems like a little bit more world weary a little bit more street smart and, like, maybe he is. Maybe he still is. But, like, I just found, like, this episode was very much, like, oh, God. Okay, so it's all just a front. And he really, like, is not doing great. Yeah. And, like, that's fair. That's, like, I get, like, this is, <laughs> this is the point of the show. Like, everyone is flawed. Everyone, you know. But at, like, episode 9 of 12, like, unless they're gonna, like... Matt, unless they're gonna do something that regret, I don't, I don't know, Daria. I, I just, <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I'm tired I, of it. I'm, I'm just tired of like. I just wanted a little bit something different. Yeah, and like, listen. I think there's a lot about this episode that was interesting. I think something that this season has been doing a lot is these little like homages to different films. Like we've had the rom-com episode and we have the Christmas episode and like so many little parts of Beard's episode reminded me of like super like oh and I, I'm gonna sound mean saying this but like they made so many little hints to just like dude movies in this episode. Like, there were a lot of noir themes. There was the Fight Club moment, the Clockwork Orange moment. Like, it felt very, like, this is, like, the Tyler Durden episode of Ted Lasso. And, like... Sure. Okay, yes. <laughs> I get it, but yeah. I don't want it. 
Yeah. <laughs> to me, it's yeah. not really where this show thrives. It is in those sort Agreed. of like super dark moments. Like, I mean, to jump ahead a little bit, having Jamie's dad beat the shit out of Beard in the alley was like just a lot it was a lot and like we know that jamie's dad is a villain did we have to go this far i i don't know it just seemed like a fever dream the whole episode felt like a fever dream right but if it had actually been a dream i would have probably been more okay with it Mm -hmm. like i was talking to my friend sarah who was giving me her theory on how like maybe if it had been a dream sequence even though mostly dream sequences are a waste of time anyway, maybe it would have felt like an easier pill to swallow if we're left wondering, did this happen? Did it not happen? Is where, we don't really know where Beard's head is at, but you know, he shows up in the morning at that meeting in the, in the office and he's wearing those pants. So it's like, yeah, it happened. Yeah. (sighs) You know. It was, it was, yeah, it was, it was a lot. I feel bad, like, not liking it, but, like, I just <laughs> didn't like that guy. Well, and there, again, there were some really interesting, funny parts. Like, having um, Thierry Henry as, like, the antagonist of the episode in that, like, hallucination that he has was yeah. fucking hilarious. Like, who knew Thierry Henry had such great comedic timing? Like, that was really? funny. I know. Yeah, it really was. really funny. And so, like, there were some really good highs, uh, you know, like like that scene at the club when they finally get in and he pretends to be the Irish professor from Oxford. I mean, yes. so much of those moments were so enjoyable. And then we just got some, like, real weird shit. Like, I didn't need the woman in the red dress. I didn't need that. <laughs> yeah, or, like, the Dave Batista wannabe boyfriend. <laughs> right, who then ends up saving him in the alley. I mean... Yes. Well acted, slight fever dream of an episode. And when we're so close to the end of season two and we've gotten so many big reveals in the last few episodes, it seems like a cruel joke (laughs) to make us watch this episode. It kind of does. No, I think that's, that's, that is it because it's like we have gotten a lot of reveals, but like there has been no actual kaboom. Yeah. It's like oh shit, the match has been lit. This is the match here. This is the this is the little, like, fire tr- going down the, like, rope thing towards the piece of dynamite. But yet, we're just like, uh, when is it gonna happen? Yeah, so I think, yeah, that is, it is cruel. <laughs> to, you know, and I think if this was, like, had been in, I don't know, a different spot... Uh, narratively in the series, like, I might not have, I might have enjoyed it more, I guess, maybe. Yeah, I, yeah, I fully agree with you, because, like, when I think about it on on its own, like, standalone thing, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like it. When I think about it fully with the season, I like it less. (laughs) Yes, you're right. I agree with you. I agree with you. There's one thing about this episode that I... That does leave me a little intrigued. And it's the Ted Beard relationship. Yes. Because it starts out that, like, it starts out with Ted and Beard and ends with Ted and Beard. And there's just something about the dynamic that seems different to me. And 
I'm wondering if we're going to get that payoff. Yeah, I would say that they are not as close mm-hmm. as they were in season one and before they came to London. I think that's definitely been sort of, that's sort of been, we've, we've seen like little seeds of that planted throughout the end of season one and definitely in season two, like you said, you know, and I think part of that is that in a way, Beard was more of Ted's enabler than his friend. I mean, in in some ways, I think, you know, yes, they did talk to each other about certain things, but I think in a lot of ways, Beard just sort of let Ted get away with a lot of things mm-hmm. that Dr. Sharon is not going to let him get away with. Mm-hmm. And I think Ted is at the point where he doesn't want to be, be allowed yeah to get away with them anymore Mm -hmm. um so i think that will be interesting i think i think this next episode we're gonna see a huge sort of a huge sort of shift for rebecca i think this is gonna be a rebecca centric episode i'm very intrigued by the title of the episode which is no weddings and a funeral so i'm wondering if there is a marriage proposal of some kind happening oh Um, god yeah. Everyone seems to think it's like Sam who's going to ask Rebecca to marry him and I don't think it is at all. I think it's going to be Roy and Keely and I think Keely's going to say no. Who on earth thinks that Sam is going to ask Rebecca to marry him? He's 21 years I mean, old. I don't know. He thinks she's the one. So you do stupid it, things when you're 21, I suppose. I so. guess, but that just seems but yeah, so I'm I'm wondering if maybe it's gonna be Roy and Keeley. I'm or maybe it's something totally different and we, we have no idea, but I think it'll be interesting. Yes. Judging from the pictures that have been posted on Apple TV, it looks like it's Rebecca's dad that dies. Um yeah, I was trying to figure it out. It, I was it was gonna be one of her parents to me. Like no one else. Oh, because her mom is in the screenshots. Oh, okay. So yeah, then. her mom and her mom was in the clip. That she played when she was on Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, so yeah. then that's not a spoiler. No, I guess not. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they don't say that it's her dad, but like yeah. I saw all these things of people saying, "Oh, it's Rupert," and I was like, "I don't." Why would anyone Rupert. give a shit if Rupert died? No, wait, that's horrible. But <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's fine. It's not. <laughs> yeah, but then like, why would her mom be there and stuff? So right, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it's her dad, considering like this whole show is about fathers and their children. And daddy so. issues, for sure. Yeah, so it's definitely, I, I'm pretty sure it's Rebecca's dad. So I think that will be interesting because we haven't seen a lot of growth in Rebecca when it comes to the issues she clearly needs to uh, work through. Yeah. Yeah, but see, this is why last episode was so difficult for me is because I'm I'm eager to get to all of that good stuff. and yeah. No, I I agree. So yeah, I I'm interested. I'm I'm thinking back to episode 1 of season 2. And I'm I want in my heart I want to believe that Jamie does not do anything terrible in regards to that reality TV show. But like if they pull this on me, I am not going to survive. <laughs> Well, it will be really interesting to see Jamie in the next episode and to see if there's a little something different about him considering I hope so or happened. I hope it's not the other way. I know. Do you know what I mean? Like I I don't think it is. I mean, I think that was a huge 
I mean, we talked about it last week for like an hour, yeah. but I mean, that was a huge, huge, huge moment for him and Roy. And so, yeah, I'm hopeful that he's maybe a little bit more humble than in previous uh, episodes, but we'll see. Yeah. Only three to go. I know. I know. And um, I think Jason Sudeikis said at the Emmys that they are just starting to write season three. Ah, great. Yeah. Love that. Which would sink because, well, they started filming this time last year, I think. So. Did they? I'm pretty sure they started filming in the fall. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I don't know. Um, stupid COVID mm. making everything crazy. Know. Yeah, so we will see what happens. We will. We will. All right. Now we move on to one of my favorite parts of our podcast episodes. Uh, Jenny, you vibing with anything this week? Well, it's fall now, so no one <laughs> can tell me anything mean about pumpkin spice latte, okay? <laughs> That's a specific shout out to Casey. <laughs> Who has been ragging on me that it is not fall, so we should hide the pumpkin spice latte. But I was say, isn't it fall like tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying, no one can yell at me for pumpkin spice latte anymore. Hey, I almost bought pumpkin spice Cheerios last night at the supermarket. They are not great. Uh-huh. Well, then I'm glad I didn't buy them. They are they are way too pumpkiny for a breakfast cereal. Yeah, that sounds gross, actually. No, but I definitely super enjoying pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> and this may seem very basic. However, a year ago, I was not allowed to eat dairy. So uh. having, like, a regular pumpkin spice latte that is not made with some sort of goddamn nut milk <laughs> or soy milk or, like, oats... It's very fulfilling to have <laughs> a goddamn dairy pumpkin spice latte. So I'm happy for you. That's what I'm vibing with right now. I love that. What about you? Well, uh, season three of Sex Education just premiered on Netflix. A uh, huge fan of that weird little show. So good. I- I'm not quite done with it yet. I- I'm actually trying to like savor TV lately. What? Which is weird for me. I usually <laughs> binge an entire yeah. season in like a day. Yes. But my husband and I have been watching like one or two episodes a night. And I just, I love it. I think I'm going to be mad about a few storylines, but like that's, that's I mean, just typical. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait. Let me tell you what I'm really vibing with. Okay. Yes. While we were in California, when we were like trying to wind down at night, we put on this Korean drama called Hometown Cha Cha Cha. Okay. It's on Netflix. Okay. New episodes weekly. It's not done yet. Jenny, this show yes. makes me unspeakably happy. Okay. It is so... It's about a, like, type A, uptight, city girl dentist... Okay. who loses her job because of, like, just moral integrity. Okay. But, like, badmouths her boss and, like, can't get a job in the city anywhere else. So she moves to this, like, tiny, like, seaside town. 
Okay. And she calls it, like, a small town countryside, you know, like, she's got this, like, real uptight energy about her, but okay, she opens up a dental practice there, and the love interest, who's not quite the love interest yet, obviously, a little bit of a slow burn, Okay, he's the, like, town everyman, he knows everybody, they all love him, he knows how to do literally everything. Okay. He's adorable, he's super chill, he calls her out on her bullshit, I love and it. I love it so much. I love it so much. I'm and and my husband loves it too. Like he he got really into it with me. So I highly recommend if you want to just watch the happiest, cutest, funniest show of all time. Hometown Cha Cha Cha. And what did you watch it on? Netflix. Netflix. Okay. Well, that's amazing. I took your advice and I watched C with Jason Momoa. I forgot, like, how much I actually like Jason Momoa as an actor. He's so good in this. He really is. He's very, very good. His physical acting is beyond. Like, it is just, like, it's amazing to watch. Like like you said a couple of podcasts ago, the choreography of the fight scenes is brilliant. I mean, the choreography of the entire show is very good. It's you know, the premise seems very weird. Yeah. It's so well done. It's so well done. But it's also very gratuitously violent. Yeah, it's hardcore. To the point where, like, I... Nothing grosses me out. Like, really, nothing grosses me out. I can watch whatever. It does not bother me. But there have been some moments where I literally have, like, had to turn my head because I can just not watch Jason Momoa rip another human's head apart one more time yeah i i tend to watch the fight scenes through my fingers yeah because it's like i i know what's coming and i can't like (sighs) yeah there's some really gruesome gruesome moments and i don't know if it's like just the choice of like (laughs) to just have it be really scary that way but i mean i think it kind of says a lot about society and how where it's gotten to like, in terms of how primitive, mm-hmm. in a way, it's got, gotten. Yeah. Um, but I loved it. Like, I really, yeah. <laughs> despite it being super violent, um, <laughs> I really like, I really like sort of the premise. I really love a lot of the actors in it. It's really good. I love it. How far are you now? Oh, we're, fi- we're up until whatever episode needs to be aired on Friday, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we watched, like, four episodes last night, so. Yeah. And we're then, watching together in real time then. Yeah. My husband was like, well, where's episode five? And I was like, or four or five. And I was like, oh, actually, the season's not done yet. Because <laughs> I had mistakenly thought the season was done. No. He was not impressed. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Whoops. I love it. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, my friends, you can find us at www.hotelvicarious.com or you can email us at hotelvicarious at gmail.com You can also find us on our socials uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Hotel Vicarious and that's, that's it! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for uh, hanging out with us. Thank you for checking in to Hotel Vicarious and we hope you enjoyed your stay. <laughs>